Apple recalls MacBook Pro. But not for the reason that you might have thought. But before we get into that today, how about the weird guy sitting over there? Cut to it, Kirk. Show him. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Jack. Yeah, he took Willie Do's spot. He uh, he booted him out, kicked him out. He said, you're having too much fun over there. I'm going to sit in that chair because I can do what you do better. That's the conversation we had before the show started. All right, I, I beg to differ, to be honest. I'm a big Willie Do fan. And quite frankly, I think it's rude what he did. But we'll see. Yeah, Will's at a cottage right now, so he couldn't be here. Uh, so far, that's the truth. So far, batting a thousand there, Jack. So I'm, I'm no Will. I'm not trying to say I'm a Will. There's only okay. one Willie. Do you're just a Jack. That's it. But hope. What do you guys a, think so far? How are we doing time. so far, guys? <laughs> you're wondering why I'm not on camera very much. All right. So yes. Uh, Apple recalls MacBook Pro, not for the reason you thought. We've talked so much on this channel about the keyboard situation on the MacBook Pros because I've been personally affected on numerous occasions. But this is actually about the batteries and uh, the uh, situation seems kind of grim. If you have one of these MacBook Pros, you're going to want to uh, seriously take them up on this recall because uh, there's some overheating and potential uh, what explo explosion problems, a safety risk. It may overheat and pose a fire and safety risk. Again, one of the consequences of jamming these uh, large batteries and other components that create heat into uh, a very slim chassis, as you've seen on the MacBook Pro. So it just this just adds to the laundry list here of issues with the MacBook Pro. Not to say that other manufacturers don't have issues with their laptops. Of course, Apple, a very high profile manufacturer when stories like this, stories like this just travel further when it comes to them. Uh, so the devices that are affected are 15 inch MacBook Pros with retina displays sold between September 2015 and February 2017. So that's quite a few MacBook Pros affected. Apple will be replacing your battery for free on any eligible laptop within that range. So, if you I mean, maybe you're a bright side kind of person. You get a fresh battery, full full battery cell in there, uh, a little advantage to you. Of course, it's a hassle. You're going to be without your device for a while. Now, the battery issues, according to Wired, may very well only apply to a limited number of laptops, but that's what Apple says every single time something goes wrong. Uh, remember with Bengate, Antenna Gate, Any Gate. What was the other gate? Watergate. Well, you're talking about Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. So Jack came here to bring the politics today. Yeah. Well, there was a gate recently, right? No, not another? No, nah, man, it was another one. They're like, ah, oh, it's just a couple of devices affected. The keyboard. But that wasn't even a gate. I don't know if Butterfly Gate, maybe. But, uh, yeah. The original gate, Watergate, which which is just a place, right? Water it's a hotel. Yeah. It's just a it's just a place, but then everything became a gate because of that, the name of that one place. Mm -hmm. uh, anyhow, yeah. So, couple of gates. Every time it happens, though, it's the same thing that goes down. It's the exact same response. You have Apple haters that want to celebrate, like "Told you so." I hate Apple. Then you have Apple defenders that are like. Uh, 
this is overblown. How dare people take advantage of this situation and uh, blow it out of proportion? And then you have Apple themselves that come out and say, okay, look, it is a problem, but only six devices are affected. You know, they want to like toggle it, scale it all the way down. They're like a couple of devices are affected. That's it. That's all it is. So it's kind of predictable at this point. But it is worth putting it out there into the universe when there is a recall of this nature, especially one that could pose a fire safety risk. I know a lot of people, Jack, maybe one of these people, you go on your laptop uh, in the evening in bed. You ever done that before? Yeah. Yeah, of course, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine the thing, you, you lay it down under the covers, it catches fire. That's a disaster. Guy like you, well, it could warm up under the covers. It could be cozy. It could be just like an electric blanket. Mm -hmm. uh, unintended aspect, unexpected feature, mm -hmm. in fact, according to Tim Cook. New feature. Blanket also warmer. functions as an electric blanket. Place it under your blanket. As long as you have a Retina MacBook Pro between uh, September 2015, February 2017, and roast some marshmallows in bed. That's Jack, ladies and gentlemen. So, making a real case for yourself oh, here, you know yeah. that? Well, I'm going to do that later, so. Oh, all right. Later on. Uh, they sell a lot, of, a lot of laptops. 18 million Macs were sold in 2018. So, don't underestimate the scale of a recall like this. That's a lot of laptops traveling back to the Apple store. So, keep that in mind. But it is, it is a laundry list now. June 22nd, the free keyboard repair program, which is ongoing still now. Even for a laptop you buy today, the keyboard's not really fixed. Uh, you had battery replacements for a faulty 13-inch MacBook Pro uh, June 27th, November 12th. There was a solid-state drive replacement program. I guess what I'm, trying to, what I'm trying to tell you is if you have a MacBook Pro, check your serial. You can do so. You can go to Apple's website and see the date that your device was purchased using your serial number. And see what you're up for. See what kind of repair program is ongoing. But definitely get this one fixed. This is a massive recall for your battery. Get yourself a fresh battery, all right? Start from scratch and uh, no more electric blankets for you. Now, we've been talking a lot about front-facing cameras on smartphones. Uh, all these various implementations, the whole punch. I just finished shooting another video, a video on the OnePlus 7 Pro, the new uh, Almond the fancy almond color. I mean, I like almonds, but... Uh, here's the thing. No one has the perfect implementation yet, right? There is a drawback to each one. At first, you had these giant notches. Everybody, I mean, that was a huge fiasco. Well, some people didn't mind. Some people just got on with life. Other people, no way, no chance. I'm not going to do it. I'm not using a device. I'm not using a phone with a giant notch like that. I'm not going to do it. So you had the smaller notches come along, right? The little teardrop-looking things. Then you had the hole punch that Samsung brought and sold a boatload of Galaxy S10s. And, of course, now we're in the era of the motorized pop-up camera. That's the 7 Pro thing I'm dealing with. I said in the video upstairs on Unbox Therapy, I don't really care that much because I don't use the front-facing camera, so I'll take the motor even with the potential drawbacks. Like I said, nothing's been perfect to this point, right? Uh, the criticism there, moving parts. I don't want these moving parts, man. Face unlock. Am I popping that thing up every two seconds? I don't know. I hear you. I hear your criticism. 
The world's first under-display phone camera is coming June 26. All right, so you can all just chill. It's over, right? The game is over. We talked about this. Uh, we saw an early version of this, but now it's got a date on it. It's actually closer than people expected. And apparently, it's not going to have any of the expected drawbacks. Like People at first were like, well, the camera quality is going to suffer because it's like underneath the display. Apparently, that's not the case. So Oppo, they're the company, it looks like that's going to bring it first. They brought the motorized camera, right? I guess that was Vivo, technically, same brand. Now they're bringing, uh, wait, was Vivo first? That was the Apex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did it first with that prototype. Now they're going to be the first to bring the under display, which is the optimal, ultimate end game for front-facing cameras and hidden cameras in general. You see what's going to happen now, Jack? Is every screen you're looking at, you're going to have to wonder, because the technology exists now, is there a camera staring back at you that you can't see? See, it's going to be in your television. It's going to be in the mall when you're, when you're you know, traveling around doing your shopping. It's going to be in the public bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. I, I could sense a guy like you wouldn't like something like that. Mm -mm. Could make you nervous. It, on the bright side, I feel like no one's going to get away with anything ever. Ever, again. ever again. You know? These, no. these, uh, this technology, honestly, it opens up. And, uh, of course, in the most immediate sense, it's just it saves your smartphone from having a notch on it or a motorized camera. But long term, it's really interesting tech because it means that all displays become cameras. And uh, like Jack says, all of a sudden, everyone's going to behave. You fall in line. You'll never know what you're looking at. Every display is looking back at you. You're looking at the displays looking back at you. But you can imagine a creepy black mirror type of scenario in which all the TVs in people's houses are watching them watch what they watch. Mm -hmm. And then like analyzing the micro movements in the muscles in the face for some next generation type of retention metrics where they're like, oh, I saw his eye muscle twitched when this happened in the thing so give him more of that mm -hmm. that means he liked that that means he liked that mm -hmm. and then when you're a little scared they know because mm -hmm. you're being analyzed and mapped and tracked so yeah we can go to creepy room but in the meantime in the meantime it's all fun and games june 26 uh mwc shanghai we can be done with notches forever now the argument goes out the window with the exception of the advanced face unlock Google's going to be doing in the next Pixel. I said that in my Pixel 4 rumor metal slab type of video. That seems to be the indication. They're going to go the iPhone route with a more advanced face unlock instead of the elimination of the bezel completely. I'm not sure it's a good move. The fingerprint functions and you get more display this way. Screen to body ratio, as we've talked about before. I think this is the ultimate implementation for most people. Now, I should state, I should let you know that it remains to be seen if Oppo is going to be showcasing a commercially available product on June 26th or if they're going to be showcasing a prototype. That's possible as well. Based on the artwork here, I'd say it's got to be real close. If it's not commercially available, I think it's going to have to be commercially available very soon. And like, if we're just basing it on track record, they've been pretty quick from showcasing even a concept phone to an eventual phone. Like I was blown away when I finally got the, the real version of the Apex, which was the NEX, I believe it was called. And it was like shortly after they had showcased the original version. 
So right now, Jack is showing off in a video here because he's doing such an amazing job of Willie Do's job. In fact, Willie Do watching this is going to be a bit nervous, in fact, watching you pull up this clip right now because it was just the timing of it. It was very smooth. You didn't even say anything. You just brought the clip up. So uh, Willie Do, he was relaxing at the cottage up until this point in the show. I, I, I could see him doing this, no problem. So. No, no, I don't know about that. We're going to have to wait and see. We're going to see. Maybe the audience can tell us if Willie Do was capable of that. Anyway, he's Jack is showcasing this in-display technology. I'm not sure if this is the Oppo one or the Xiaomi one. They're both working on it, and there's a race. It's like every single one of these technological innovations results in some kind of race, which is healthy and pushes things forward, right? Like, that's competition. It's a beautiful thing. So Xiaomi's going to have theirs soon, but Oppo has a date. So they're likely going to beat them to the punch June 26th. Or who knows? Maybe Xiaomi's going to move everything up and then June 26th, they're doing it as well. And we're going to have physical products with these things. You know I'm going to have it first. I'm going to have it as soon as I possibly can so I can showcase it. We can do the, the beard hair test, you know, uh, underneath the in-display front-facing camera. What a time to be alive, Jack. Some people get upset with me if I don't get around to, the, mm. to that. So what it mean 2019, Toronto Raptors are champs. In display cameras staring back at you, micro movements in your muscles. Who knows what you're into? Scary times. That's right. All right, next up, uh, this whole situation with the trade thing, Apple, iPhone, China, US, Taiwan moving into the picture more and more frequently and, and very interesting from my perspective. Uh, Foxconn founder calls on Apple to move iPhone production out of China. It's been something we're getting hints. It's been hinted mostly at this point. Uh, the Some Foxconn executives originally had suggested a percentage of device manufacturing to move outside of China. Apple themselves asking suppliers to mull over the idea. What do you think about the word mull, Jack? You ever mulled anything? You ever mulled over a decision? You're mulling right now. Mm -hmm. I'm mulling right now. You're mulling. Uh, but this is just a straight up to the point statement. This guy, a powerful dude. I don't know how you say his name. Terry Goo. G-O-U. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Someone can correct me. But Terry Goo. He says that he has urged Apple to move production out of China. Now. Here's where things get a bit squirrely. This is the type of guy who could do something like this for real. He is Foxconn, although he did step down recently. I'll get to that in a minute. These are not words coming from some, like, industry analyst. This is coming from the guy whose company makes every single iPhone, right? It's incredible. Now, what's important to know in this situation is that this individual, Terry, he's got political aspirations. We had to picture him recently when people thought he leaked the next generation iPhone. But in reality, he just had a case on his phone. But at the time, he was wearing like he was at a political event, in fact. There, there you go, right there. You can tell from the hat. This is the man we're talking about. So he has actually stepped down from his position at Hanhai, which is called locally, that's of course Foxconn, in order to run for president of Taiwan. You see how everything gets political here, Jack? And so... Him making a statement like this, you could say, okay, that's just tactics. You could say uh, he's trying to get in the favor of the Taiwanese people. Possibly could be a move. You come and you say, look, Apple, 
I urge you, all production Taiwan. What ends up happening there, Jack? You get, you employ people in Taiwan. You build a factory, people get jobs. Voters love that stuff. That's money coming here. So he goes, he says that. It's kind of like Trump, we're going to bring the jobs. Mm -hmm. Vote for me, I'm going to bring the jobs. This is a guy who can actually do it based on his track record, based on the company he's aligned with. And then he's got the tariffs working for him as well, in which case he can say to powerhouses like Apple, here's the reason why, right? Because, and to the end user, to the customer, here's why this is good. You can avoid the, the China tariff. This thing is heating up. It's getting political. In this case, it's directly political. Here's his quote. I'm urging Apple to move to Taiwan. He's the largest shareholder, by the way, in Hanhai Precision Industry Co. I think it is very possible, he said, without elaborating. Taiwan, man, gearing up to really absorb the proceeds of this trade. This scares war. me, though. What are you scared of? Well, China's not going to go down with no. They're coming for you. Yeah. They're like, Jack, you're sitting there. You're showing these uh, articles. We don't like it. Yeah. We'll get rid of you. You're no big deal. Of course, we're joking, folks. Relax. No, you're right, though. It's tension. Yeah. It's absolutely tension. There's a lot of history at play as well. They, they come across as so competitive. Like, they're not going to lose. They're, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. They're going to do whatever they can. Absolutely. I mean, that's the... Com that's the uh, that's the free market mindset in general is, is uh, you're not going to go down without a fight. You're going to compete. Mm -hmm. And it turns out, man, like this, this whole situation has uh, blown up out of proportion here in a way that I don't think anyone expected. It started with Huawei, of course. Apple, I think, is the next big piece in this conversation. What ends up happening with Apple will have a massive ripple effect on the whole industry. And if this thing ends up happening, if this if Terry becomes president and moves all Apple production to Taiwan, holy moly, there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be some fallout. That's definitely the case. That's for sure. And as I mentioned in a previous video, for the end user, for the customer, it could mean a more expensive iPhone as well. That could be uh, a side effect of all this. But that iPhone still may be less expensive than the tariffed version of it. So you decide where you land on this thing, but. Uh, if anyone can move the iPhone completely to Taiwan, it's this guy. Yeah, he's got a million uh, migrant laborers in China right now. Yeah, a million. Imagine that a million laborers All without out of work. Without work. Yeah, I mean it's a crazy. There's not a lot of people that can pull that string. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people. Uh, did you hear about this, Jack? This is a, this is such a weird one. Influencers' surprise engagement blasted as fake over leaked sponsorship pitch. This is such a weird, such a weird story, man. I, uh, I saw this headline this morning, and you know me. I got to keep up on what's going on in the influencer space because it's affecting so many. It's, it's, it's aligned. It's inside of social media, which is inside of technology. It's very futuristic. This one, the headline... I was confused. I saw the headline. I'm still like, I don't really know what they're telling me happened here. Of course, doing a little more reading, I figured it out. This influencer, okay, the account is called, what is it? Fat, fashion Ambitionist, around 200,000 followers. This guy, her, 
her boyfriend, I guess, proposes to her publicly on social media. She puts the proposal on the fashion ambitionist account. Okay, fine. I guess it's, it seems kind of normal. I don't know. This stuff happens on social media. People propose. She posts it. Her caption, what is happening? This guy says, oh, you know, we're not traditional people. We're going to have a fancy wedding and so on and so forth. But then a document gets leaked. All right. This is where things get spicy. This is where Jackie perks his ears. They perk right up. You see, he's perking. That's what Jack perking looks like. This PDF gets leaked. Uh, uh, a kind of, uh, what would you call it? A deck, a pitch deck. For the wedding that hasn't happened yet. For the, the trip, the uh, hashtag love ambitionist. A one-of-a-kind proposal experience for a one-of-a-kind female ambitionist. And this pitch deck was sent to would-be advertisers, brands that could align themselves with this proposal and wedding experience, but they it hasn't happened yet. And she claims she doesn't know anything about this. This summer, Marissa, a fashion ambitionist, will be pulled into a surprise adventure created by the center of her life, Gabriel. He will remotely ask her to take an unexpected and sentimental journey to him. A journey that will encompassing many familiar... Was that a spelling error? I don't Many familiar stops along the way that offer their own unique gifts. So it's a pitch to sponsor this experience on her Instagram account, of which she claims to have no knowledge of the pitch deck, that it was an actual surprise. You see what's happening here, Jack? She's saying this still today, that she doesn't know what went down exactly. Now, she, it's important to know, is in this business. She uh, works in marketing for Goop, I believe, which is uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's mm -hmm. blog. Uh, she has one Instagram influencer and Goop executive. So she's an executive, I believe, on the marketing side for Goop. So she knows about this stuff. She has the connections and contacts. I don't know if her husband does. I guess it's possible he does this without her knowing. But imagine her finding out after the fact that he tried to market and sell their proposal marriage experience without her knowing. How could it be a surprise? How could she not know about the deck? Unless someone's trying to sabotage her. But then what a weird, elaborate sabotage. It is such a bizarre story, but it has just, it just feels so futuristic, doesn't it? Do you think this is the first time something, an influencer has gone to a brand for something like this? Like, I feel like this must happen. Yeah, no, I, that honestly, once I started to sift through the details, I thought to myself, you know what? This feels like a futuristic approach to all kinds of life events. Like, oh, you know what? Uh, me and my girlfriend decided that we're going to create some content traveling to these six different cities. And here's the pitch. Like once you start commodifying your life and your experiences, what's for sale and what's not for sale? Right. And what's more for sale in this community than the wedding or proposal or that's the top of the food chain for this type of stuff. 
Now, the weird thing is she's got 200,000 followers. I mean, it's not nothing, but it's also not massive. Mm -hmm. It's not like a crazy number. So what were they expecting brands to cover on this deal? Like, what, what, how would these sponsorships look? I mean, it's all so confusing. If you look at the deck, you'll see that it identifies certain Instagram stories that would be available for alignment. But it's a pitch deck. It's essentially saying, hey, we don't really know, but we're looking for brands to get involved with us. Uh, he's mapped out a journey to the most beloved. Oh, look at this. Along the way, with the help of Marissa's most beloved brands. What does that even mean? You're taking the romance out completely out of this whole situation. Like usually, the what's happening? Romance. You know what I mean? It's like, dead. Exactly. Romance is look at it. Gabriel will be releasing videos via Instagram to guide the experience. Hashtag. But you want to know something, Jack? I'm gonna take a different angle on this. Are these people just being honest? If you go to the to the to the Instagram Discover page or the YouTube Home feed, and it's like proposal. Oh my God. And it's got 10, 20 million views. Didn't they do that same stuff just behind the scenes? For Didn't sure. their deck not get leaked when they were sitting there thinking, I'm going to get a billion views on this. I'm about to propose for a billion. Didn't they already commodify their thing? Wasn't the romance killed in that? For sure. You know? Yeah, is this, exactly. Kirk says, is this behind, uh, you know, others like Kim Kardashian? I mean, Kim Kardashian, that's an enterprise. She's got, it's a whole team behind those things, you know? But I think people, you know, it starts, you watch shows on TV, uh, Bachelor, things like this, and it becomes normalized a little bit. Like, okay, you, you, you're, you're videotaping this whole thing. You're making money from it. They have sponsors. Why can't we have sponsors? Yeah. We're getting married. They have, uh, they're sponsored by Diet Coke or whatever. Why can't we be sponsored by Diet Coke? And then, like I said to you, with a lot of people who are just regular viewers of YouTube, not creating content, you might not look at YouTube the same way as somebody who's constantly posting on there. But when I go and look at the home feed or the, the popular page or something and I see some proposal, I'm like, I'm like, this is this is me. I'm just being me right now. I'm like, how could you do that? Mm -hmm. You take this moment right here, you turn into a product that you're trying to sell, get clicks for. It's like, look, we're all, we all need clicks. We all want clicks. But when it starts to branch into real life and where that line is and what you're willing to turn into a product in your real life, it gets real squirrely. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear about celebrities, for example, where they have a kid and like the magazines will bid on the first photos of the kid. Yeah. Like you get into creepy town mm -hmm. real quick. Like, oh, man, what am I what am I selling? Well, it's like you say, when you when you take something, you give something up. And I think when they're taking the, the money up front, they're giving up these like special memories. They're going to have with each other. Intimacy, all these things that like really can bring couples together. They're like it's being washed over with just money and you know popularity likes yeah broadcast that's what happens when you broadcast once you become a broadcaster you start to think in these terms of like how many views can i turn this thing into mm -hmm. now i've been lucky enough that the content that i make is very uh independent of my life so it's those things are easy to discern and like i know where the privacy starts and ends and like what's available and what's not but you imagine you get into one of these popular streams where you're just broadcasting your life or a portion of it, and that line gets blurry. Yeah. And you're getting more success the more you're willing to share, and then all of a sudden, you're doing this. Then all of a sudden, everything's up for grabs. Your kids, your marriage, your mm -hmm. whatever, it all becomes a product like reality TV. I'm not, look, to each their own.
right? It's well within their rights to do it. But it's a weird angle to think maybe they're just being honest. I do feel bad for them because like we're saying, I think this isn't the first, it won't be the last, but they'll always be remembered as the ones that like were busted for this. Busted for the pitch deck, yeah. for sponsors, for the journey to marriage. It is so, it's a weird, it's a weird world we're in right now. I'll say it once again, what a time to be alive. You don't know what you're looking at. Really the key right now when you're on the internet is to assume there's more to the story in pretty much everything you're looking at, that almost nothing is what it looks like or is pertaining to be. There's almost always something more to it when you dig a little deeper. I think the message here is always dig a little deeper. Yeah. Just assume it ain't what it it ain't what it seems. It's healthier for you because underneath a lot of those superficial images is this type of thing, this type of work. This is like it's like Photoshop on those images. Squeeze the waist, fix the blemishes. It's the same thing. You think you're looking at something, you're looking at something else. It's a lot of work that goes into it, a lot of decisions and a lot of tactics in exchange for attention and ultimately advertiser dollars. And it gets it gets even more squirrely in the environment in which you can't even draw the line or see the line between life and product, between life and broadcast. But ultimately, since once everybody jumps onto social media in a in their personal lives and 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 broadcast begins the process of broadcasting themselves, they're now in the content business, mm -hmm. and that's everyone. And so, can you blame them? Can you blame them for monetizing their content? What if a brand name comes with, say, million Yeah. Kirk, uh, Kirk, come, Kirk wants a microphone, apparently. He just said, what if the brand, the same brand came up to him and said, we'll give you a million if you break up. I know that sounds dark, but, like, you can totally envision a future in which, which that's possible. Like, hey, this would be good content. Or how about this, Jack? How about the, the real-life aspect doesn't exist at all? The whole thing is actors... Mm -hmm on social media pertaining to be real couples that are just doing the thing for the purpose of the exposure, for the purpose of the product, for the content. So you will have futuristic romances taking place that are fabricated. It's strictly drama, but it's playing out in a fo format and a medium where we're used to seeing what we think is real. Yeah. See what I'm saying there? That's scary. There scary it is. thought but i feel like it's already kind of happening with celebrities like mm. on a subconscious level like do you think that some of them get together knowing yeah. that it's going to increase their brand yeah i was i was making a joke about this the other day actually after hockey when we were talking about the beyonce thing mm. i'm like at that level you're it's not a marriage that's a merger mm. it's two companies that's a merger coming together that ain't a marriage that's a merger yeah you know because it's too much at play so all the mechanical pieces that come into it, all the considerations. You're in the people business, man. Mm -hmm. In the highest level of celebrity, you're in the people business. It's like uh, people are, are, are like real estate or stocks or whatever. It's, you, it's a commodification of the individual, of the human, uh, human, uh, human capital. Mm -hmm. Human capital. And that, got, that right there got Casper's attention. Yeah, Casper's all he's, you know, I mean, he's upset about it too. Yeah. He hates that stuff. He's he's more of a traditional guy. Mm -hmm. He's more of a romantic. Super romantic. Yeah. He's anyway. Okay. Uh, on that similar note, YouTube is testing a hiding comments behind a button on Android. So 
this is uh, this is kind of in line with a story we covered on a previous episode, talking about how YouTube, Google is really thinking about ways of uh, modifying their site and behaviors around the site and some of the some of the grim stuff, some of the underbelly that goes on. This would be a massive move. Now, I haven't seen this show up on my app yet, but essentially how this breaks down on the Android app, if uh, if they're testing it on your particular account, you will have a comment button, which shows up be beside the thumbs up, thumbs down, share button. And unless you click it, you will not see comments. Instead, scrolling down will just give you other suggested videos. Now, you could say, hey, they're not trying to clean up anything. They just would rather you click on another suggested video than get stuck in the comments because then you're going to watch longer and then they can show you more ads, right? You could say that could be the motivation. I think it's part of the motivation, but I think it's also a safer move from their perspective because you can't control the comments. The comments are nasty. They have been nasty. You've seen a lot of websites minimize the exposure of the comment section because it gets dirty down there. And so this could be a version of that. The comments are there, but you just slightly move them around a little bit and you take away some of the incentive to participate. Not just to read them, but if there's fewer people reading them, fewer thumbs, and the behavior takes that little extra step, you're also going to get fewer people making comments. And if that percentage goes down, then all of a sudden it, that component on the site becomes less significant. Yeah, I think it's easier to make a negative comment. So if they have just a little bit of a barrier, you might weed out those negative comments, whereas the, the positive ones, they'll go that extra step to make that positive comment. I, I think I agree with you there. I think the more steps that you put in, just in general, the comments are going to have to, well, I mean, you're going to always have both, but I agree with you that by putting an extra step the, the individual who has something meaningful to say or something, uh, a more sophisticated commenter who feels like they can add some value may be more inclined to click through. But see, the problem with that is it's also harder to see the comments. So the motivation to go over there to spend time to write a paragraph is also less because you feel like fewer people will see it. So in, in on it, you know, I, I just think the whole thing would, would be diminished and commenting would become... Uh, a much less important component of the YouTube experience. Because you know, Jack, right now, you open up a video, you scroll down to the comments. Mm -hmm. It's just like part of the habit. But if it's not a scroll and instead it's a click, I'm probably not doing it. Mm -hmm. It's that one simple little change. I probably would go down to suggested and pick a different video instead. Now, on the flip side, you could say this is terrible for attention span. You could say uh, this is encouraging people to pick another video instead of watching the one that they're on. But YouTube has already been doing that for a long time. Of course, on mobile, there's less real estate to work with. So you have to really uh, think about how you're going to utilize the real estate that's available. On the, on the desktop app, you get both. You have the suggestions on the right and you have the comments straight below. I can't say I hate this idea. I, I, I like it. Weren't we watching a, a video from a video platform from China yesterday that had the comments going across the video? Yeah, on Billy Billy. Yeah. Like that's uh, it's wild. The exact opposite of this yep. idea. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, we were watching a Chinese video site yesterday, and and the comments would stream across the actual image of the video while it's playing. <laughs> Very invasive. And and when it comes to attention span, I feel like that that is just feeding into that. Like people can no longer just watch the no. video. They need no. to have 
all these stimulations at the same time. Real-time reactions and so forth. So, you know what? I don't mind this idea. I'm not a commenter in general. Like, I don't, I'm not going around YouTube leaving a bunch of comments, so maybe it affects me less. But the idea of putting that slim little barrier, just to give you that second to say, do I really want to say that? Do I really want to leave that comment? I think some people may uh, bump into their better judgment because of that. And just in general, I think that the video gets a lot, gets to live its own life a little more than having this really prime real estate under the video kind of color the video itself. So anyway, it's just a test at the moment. Like I said, it didn't show up on my app yet. So it, it, uh, it, it might be on yours. You can go check if you're on the Android app, if you have an updated version to see if it popped up on your account. But essentially the way it'll operate is that the button is beside thumbs up, thumbs down, and you're not gonna see comments unless you click it. You can let me know what you think about that, if that's good or bad, by leaving a comment. Look at that, you see that right there? By leaving a comment that I'll never see. No, I'm yeah, just kidding. We'll I read see. the comments, I read the comments on this channel. Uh, actually, I find the comments on this channel to be a lot better. No offense to Unbox Therapy viewers, but probably because it's a smaller community at the moment, um, people feel more connected. There's, there's a lot of nice comments in here, so I appreciate that. I should, I should get that out of the way. All right, last one for me. KFC is launching a Cheetos sandwich across America, and it represents a massive shift in the chicken chain's strategy. <laughs> Imagine that is your strategy. Imagine that boardroom meeting. They're like, I got it. Cheetos on a chicken sandwich. Jack, are you salivating? Is it, is it bad that that kind of looks good to me? I didn't expect you to say that. Maybe I'm just hungry right now. But I like think you're just hungry, first of all. Um, I mean, look, it's all salty. The chicken's salty, the sauce is salty, and the Cheetos themselves are salty. You can do it, but for me, it's like this stuff is getting... It gets getting to a point where I feel like they're, they're creating these food products, what they would consider to be innovative, just because they know guys like us, people on the internet are going to share it. Mm-hmm. They're going to go, it's so crazy. I got to, you yeah. know, the, people are going to go on Instagram and be like, I got the Cheetos whack job thing. And their friends are going to go, oh my God. Like it's shareable. Mm -hmm. That's a shareable thing. But it is funny to think about it as innovation because in their business, what do you do with a chicken sandwich, Jack? It's still a chicken sandwich. Yeah. There's only so many places you could go. And at KFC, I bet they've had the same chicken sandwich for god knows how long and they're like hey we got a taco bell does this kind of stuff they did doritos stuff and uh i mean you got everything going on with the beyond meat impossible burger stuff mm -hmm. they're really everyone's trying to switch it up and anyway they claim this is their move to go to a more youthful audience you think they're going to get the youngsters with this jack yeah well i'm you know imagining you know certain things are now legal in Canada and other states in the U.S. and this might- You're talking about certain plants? This might cater to those gentlemen and ladies out on a Friday night that are indulging and uh, wanna- It's not a bad play, Jack. You think, it's, you think it lines up? Yeah. You think it's part of the motivation? You think that enters the boardroom, that talk right there? For sure, for sure. Look at you. Is this your best moment right now? Maybe. Yeah, I think you just peaked. It's downhill from here. I think you just peaked. All right, so uh, starting July 1st, KFC is launching this sandwich with a layer of Cheetos. Uh, the sandwich also features Cheetos sauce and mayo. <laughs> oh, baby. Cheetos sauce. Yeah, you can I don't know. It. It's obviously like some sort of a spicy cheese sauce type of thing going on there. 
So uh, anyway, they got a new president, I guess, Kevin Hawkman. He's the president of their U.S. business. I don't know if he's new, actually, but uh, they got a bunch of new menu items because of him in 2019. And uh, this is the future of fast food. I'm telling you right now, it's got to be a meme like everything else. Everything's got to be a meme these days to get that organic marketing shared on social media. I don't think this is the last wacky sandwich we're going to see. I mean, he even calls it a yeah, fun stunt. he calls stunt. it a fun stunt. Yeah. So there you have it. And we just bought into the stunt, all of us. So it works. What can I say? I don't think I'm going to buy one, though. Oh. But it definitely works. Got us talking about it. Yeah, they're, they're, their uh, collaboration is going to yield some other products as well. It looks like some Cheetos fries, some Cheetos chicken wings, and Cheetos mashed potatoes. So uh, get ready. Get your... Sign me up. Get yourself ready for Cheetos in a billion different ways that you didn't expect. All right, Jack, you got to store yourself. You want to you talk about something today. You're not going to sit in that chair and not uh, get to your topic. No. Well, uh, I woke up this morning and I noticed that uh, the hashtag leave Kauai alone was trending in Canada. And, uh, you know, as we all know, the, the Raptors are, are in the spotlight right now, especially Kauai. And he is being spotted everywhere in Toronto right now. Here he is at Niagara Falls with his uh, daughter. Look at this crowd of people. Like, he's, mm. he can't go anywhere. No. No, he's a he's the biggest celebrity in the country right now. He could run for prime minister. He, he would he would win instantaneously. Here he is at Home Depot getting boxes, <laughs> which of course stirred the pot of whether yeah. he's staying or leaving. Is he moving somewhere? Is he packing up? Uh, here he is at a restaurant. <laughs> I hate those type of selfies. By the way, I told you just before the show. Uh, maybe I sound like I'm complaining here, but like, if you're gonna take a photo of somebody. Go up and ask, you know, yeah. just go up, be, be a man about it. Well, that's a man. I mean, be a woman, be a man about it and say, hey, you mind uh, if we snap a photo? This type of selfie where you just sneak attack it, yeah. maybe your argument is, hey, I'm not bothering him or whatever, but it just look at the way it ends up looking. I mean, it's... He looks all sad. It's blurry. Like, it's... It's not a good look. No. Okay, so, uh, so the hashtag emerges, leave Kawhi alone. Mm -hmm. He's trying to do his thing around Toronto, do some sightseeing. Uh, chances are he's going to travel back home for the offseason, regardless of his decision uh, as far as what team he wants to sign with. So he's trying to get some tourism in before he goes back. I think he's trying to get a, a, a glimpse of what life in Toronto will be like, in the yeah. offseason especially, and it'll play a factor in his decision. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to say as well that, that there's nothing wrong with showing love. No. So T Toronto loves this guy, right? For, for obvious reasons, he brings a title. Mm -hmm. And you want to clap, you want to uh, show that love, that's okay. But I think the hashtag is more addressing the kind of over-the-top stuff, the kind of excessive version of that. Like there is still an etiquette that comes along with it of potentially asking for a photo instead of just snapping it like all of a sudden everybody's paparazzi. Or at the Jays game, for example, because he showed up at the Jays game as well, <clears throat> he, got a, he got a big clap when he showed up, but then they put it on a big screen as well. And it was a lot of tension coming his way. And, you know, the truth of the matter is he's a, he's a bit of a different, he's slightly introverted, kind of a bit of a different personality in a sense where you you have a hard time gauging how much attention he wants. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Granted, I feel like he's opened up a lot recently, post-parade. I feel like he's kind of overcome some of that. I, I also feel like he's embracing it to a certain degree, as you can see here on the bus. So it's hard for us to know, Jack, how much he likes or doesn't like it. If you saw him at the Jays game, like, I'm sure he doesn't like the box pictures. I mean, that's obviously very weird. He's mm -hmm. at Home Depot just trying to buy some boxes over there. Uh, but at the same time, I think he's a smart guy. I think he probably understands here what's going on. People just, it's a lot of love. Mm -hmm. So I hope he understands that. But I also understand the hashtag as well, which is like, basically, it's not leave Kawhi alone completely because that would be impossible. But it's more bring some class, know some etiquette around it, give a little bit of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be the reason that he doesn't sign here. Like, <laughs> right, don't, right. Don't go overboard. Just don't be obnoxious in general. Not even just in this particular subject, but just in general, right? Mm -hmm. Be cool. Be cool about it. Because it's still a person at the end of the day. It's not a, you know, it's not an attraction. It's not a walking attraction. It's still a person. They got to ingest all of this and like go to bed at night and have a family. And they got to eat with their family. And they got to go... <clears throat> and this is one area where I feel like people are like, yeah, but they're getting billions of dollars, so yeah. I don't care. It's like, no, I'm talking about how you represent you. Yeah. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about your own class, your own setup for how you behave. That's the thing you can control. And I don't know if it's a fair comparison, but like any circumstance I've been in in which there's a celebrity or something like this, I'm thinking as much about how do I want to carry myself in this moment. Yeah, exactly. As... Oh, wait, how should they treat me? Mm -hmm. uh, what do I deserve? Like, I'm doing the two things, just like any relationship in life. Like, how do I want to carry myself? How do I want to approach this situation? And I think if Torontonians do the same thing, it's going to be good results. Yeah. Yeah. Like, put a mirror on yourself. Like, how are you behaving right now? Exactly. And are you proud of that? Exactly. Like, don't just live through your phone and assume that, that that's where the real world lives. It's like, no, it's right in front of you. This is how you're behaving. Yeah. You're a grown man or woman. And flip act, the lens around back on you. Act, yeah. Flip the lens around back on you. Yeah. Imagine that you're in that situation mm -hmm. and it'll, you'll, your behavior will adjust if you're able to do that. So that's my feeling there. But I will say, just to defend Toronto a little bit here, it's been a long time. No championship. Yeah. They want to show love. Yeah. You, you hate to tell people not to show love, but there is a way to do it. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion on the matter. Jack, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Expectations when we started this show... I mean, you got a clap from, from Kirk here. Before we started the show, Kirk was like, there's a dumpster fire right there. <laughs> yeah. Kirk was like, there's no way we're going to get through it. It's the worst show ever. I don't even want to do it. He was thinking about not doing it. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I had, of course, I had to pull things together. Mm -hmm. I had to, you know, get this train back on the rails and say, you know what, guys, we're going to make the best of it regardless. Mm -hmm. And so if you guys want to click the extra button to open up the comment section, just to... Show Jack some love, because much like Kawhi Leonard, he loves the love. I do. And uh, in the Toronto area, it's really two guys getting a lot of attention right now. Mm -hmm. It's Kawhi Leonard, it's Jack. I don't know, they're flipping back and forth in terms mm -hmm. of how much attention. Yeah. So anyway, he'll take the love regardless. He'll even take the weirdo selfies. He'll even, sure. when he's at a restaurant, so... Yeah. Uh, maybe he won't, I don't know, based on that response, I think. No, I'm... I'm uh... Okay, he doesn't want any. There's no I line apologize. you can't what cross have I done with here? me. So. What have I done? Okay, yeah. don't. Yeah, you can cross any line you want. That's we're gonna leave that one right there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I don't know if Willie Do will ever be back after this. Uh, I guess it's up to the audience. You've got to vote right now. Are we gonna continue on? 
with Willie do, or did Jack just steal the thunder? And is he the new point guard in town? Come on, let's not do this. Will is going to be back on Monday and keep doing what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to let the people decide it's the only fair way. This is democratic. All right? There's no replacing Will. Let us know in the comments. Jack or Will. You can cut it there.